Hello, and we are live again. My name is Jason Leeser. I will be your host for today, and you are currently watching the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group here live on the Reinventing the Tattoo channel. Um, today is Sunday, September 3rd. It is 1 p.m., and if this is working for you, please drop us a comment uh, in the chat box. Please tag a friend who loves tattoos. We're always trying to uh, expand our our viewer base. So please tag anyone that you know that loves tattoos. Maybe it's someone that wants to get into tattooing, or maybe it's someone that, um, you know, just wants to get a whole bunch of them. You know, anyone and everyone that you know who loves tattoos, please tag them. And welcome to Guy Itchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams real world events to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 different episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can do what most people do and just search for Reinventing the Tattoo in your browser and you'll find it all, except for the book, which is currently out of print. Um, if you come across a copy, please let me know. I've been looking for a copy for many years would love to have a copy. But no matter where you were watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. You don't have to subscribe right away. You can pick one of three different options, such as a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, or you can get some free advice from Guy Itchison about your unique goals or you can take a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, one of my personal favorites. I'm a huge tattoo history nerd, so I love learning about tattoo history. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find a full event schedule with full weekly and live stream details. So if you choose to join in, you can go there and they've got a whole calendar set up so that you can join in as well. You can also find access to the Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It plays 13 different episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And at reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find a whole host of professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists. Artists such as Bob Tyrell, if you wanna learn more about black and gray, DJ Betts has a lettering seminar available. Andre Malcolm has a, a full koi fish half-sleeve tutorial that you can take. All available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats. And please tag a friend who loves tattoos. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into. Starting off on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. And that's followed on Mondays with three 
different shows. Starting off on Mondays at 9 a.m., we have Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we go through and we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies. Um, James is a very accomplished fine artist um, with an academic background, uh, very attuned to teaching fine art skills and techniques. So if you're looking for a way that you can go through and maybe cover some of the bases to help get back to that core fundamental of being a tattoo artist, which is art, go through, take a look, tune in at 9 a.m. on Monday mornings for drawing for tattooers with James Wisdom. That's followed up at 5 p.m. with Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple where we get to go through and we've got a nice safe space being tattoo artists to go through and talk about some of those things that maybe other people can't really relate to. Um, but it, it gives us a good opportunity to go through and talk about how we feel about certain things and allows us to really vent in a very helpful, friendly environment. Following that on Mondays at 9 p.m., we have a subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Sandy's been working very closely with Guy for Lord knows how many years. And during these Monday evening drawing groups, we go through and we cover certain chapters of the Reinventing the Tattoo canon. Once again, that is only for people that have a subscription to either the Reinventing the Tattoo canon or the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course. So you have to have one of those subscriptions in order to tune in for the Monday evening drawing groups. Following that on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Always a great time to tune in and hear about what they're talking about that day. Uh, could be people's tattoo collections and the journeys that they've gone through. Um, sometimes it's live convention coverage and interviews with other artists. You never quite know, but it's always an adventure and it's always a great time to tune in on Thursdays at 6 p.m. The Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast. We have a special event coming up in October, and that is the Paradise Tattoo Gathering. Um, that will be from Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th. Tickets are on sale now. Um, and there are a number of free seminars that are available to people that have tickets. If you are there, uh, highly recommend you check it out. We have presenters such as Nick Baxter, uh, who's actually doing two different presentations this year. Corey Ferguson, who will also be presenting. Uh, Gunner, who will be doing a three-day oil painting workshop. Thea Duskin, Andy Chambers will be there uh, doing an advanced sleeve seminar. Lady Sarah, Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network will be there doing his Find Your Style workshop. Uh, Tom Strom and Andre Malcolm will be there also presenting. And that's just to name a few of the people that will be presenting this year at the Paradise Tattoo Gathering. I highly recommend you pick up your tickets now and get your room reserved because rooms are running out very quickly and it is going to be an absolutely amazing time. Um, a lot of people from the Fireside Tattoo Network will be there as well. We'll also have a collaborative art area going where different artists can join together and create art collaborations um, and work on art live in person 
whether it's a drawing or a painting or a sketch, you can be there live with a lot of these other upper echelon tattoo artists to get feedback from them as you're doing it live. Would also like to go through and take a second to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that help make these shows happen. Starting off with worldtattooevents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly keeping everything updated. Um, as we know, living in this post-pandemic era, there are still certain tattoo events that are getting rescheduled and postponed. So if you're looking for the most up-to-date and current tattoo event information coming to a city or town near you, or maybe it's one that you plan on visiting soon, take a look at worldtattooevents.com and get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information available for all of your tattoo event needs. Would also like to go through and take a minute to thank tattoonow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattoo artists of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded and competitive with every type of CRM mailing list and scheduling software out there. So if you're really looking for some of the digital tools that the professionals and these upper echelon people are using to help get clients to come in and get the kinds of tattoos that you really want to tattoo, take a look at tattoonow.com. They've been in this business for many years and can really help you achieve that broader audience that you're really looking for. As well, would like to go through and say a very personal and heartfelt thank you to Guy Aitchison at GuyAitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. You can go to GuyAitchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia. Uh, some of his DVDs are for sale. Uh, he's got some custom coil machines still left, as well as occasionally original oil paintings all for sale all at GuyHSN.com. Would also like to go through and say a very personal and heartfelt thank you and shout out to Amy Nichols over at the Apprenticeship Diaries. If you are looking to get a tattoo apprenticeship or have questions about what a tattoo apprenticeship might be like, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols, where she will go through and she has a number of different podcasts about what to expect in a tattoo apprenticeship. Would also like to thank TATCOM and Aaron Williams, the mad scientist behind TATCOM, for diving into the science of tattooing and how tattoos work and going through and developing tools and processes that help us tattoo at a more efficient level. As always, if you like today's show, we ask that you go through and hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the screen. Once again, I am your host, Jason Leeser. And if you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event or become a sponsor of our community, or if you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email us at management at reinventingthetattoo.com. And thank you very much for bearing with me as we get through the intro. Awesome, and do, do, do. let me switch over to this guy, great.
and we've got Henry with us, and uh, we've got Seth Mushrush also with us. And today we've got a very important topic that's very close to my heart and a firm belief in who I am, and that's um, education and improvement, right? So I wanted to start out today by asking a few questions, just broad concept stuff, um, just to start driving some discussion. And the first question I have is, well, it's a series of them, so I'll get right into it. But who has all the answers, right? How do we Man. move beyond where we are at? How do we achieve that next level? How do we improve our situation and our skill set? And how do we get more out of what we have, right? To me, the answer is very simple, and it's one very simple, well, very simple explanation behind it, and that's education, right? We learn, we seek out these sources of education, um, these sources of knowledge, and these people with more experience than what we have, and we apply that to our lives and what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, we're joined with Seth Mushrush. Seth, you've been in this industry for a very long time, um, and you have been seen and done a lot of things. You have that level of experience behind you. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what, what can we do to gain more knowledge, to be better than we are uh, today, you know, how can we be better tomorrow? Uh, any, any input, any thoughts? I see that you're actually driving in a forest right now. Uh, yeah. I don't know why that screen is like that. I, I can't multitask. <laughs> so we're working with a, uh, it's, I think it's a picture of a snapping turtle that I took outside of, uh, the shop in Concord that I work at occasionally. My big giant heads in the way of it. Um, oh, it's there, a great there it topic. Is. Yeah. <laughs> great topic for today. Um, you know, I, I, I'm big on it as well. Um, and I think anybody that really, you know, is worth their salt, uh, is gonna, you know, take it very seriously is the continuing education. I mean, we, we make a lot of jokes and, and we bust balls a lot in this business. Um, but, uh, more than anything, I think is sharing knowledge having open dialogue with uh, other artists, all, no matter what their skill set is, is really important. Um, you know, I like to call it talking shop or just talking art, you know, kind of nerding out about things. Um, and I think you really need to go beyond the scope of just tattooing itself and start looking in other places because you, I've learned early on, I was fortunate enough to be, around a lot of, um, you know, like heavy hitters. And it's, I'd say like as, as humbling as that experience is, it is informative beyond anything that I've ever, you know, had was to be the opportunity to be around these people that were really uh, well-versed in all these different styles and everything um, outside of tattooing. You know, people that can teach me about painting, uh, drawing, stuff like that. And what I learned early on is that when you seek information outside of tattooing, all of those other avenues of art um, will absolutely inform your tattooing 
the same way that your tattooing will inform those other styles of art, right? Like maybe, um, you know, the example I've given before was I worked uh, for Terry Manning. He's one of my favorite human beings in the world at Wildcard Studios in Wilmington, Delaware. And Terry's been tattooing a super long time. And he's one of the best drawing artists I've ever seen where he can just, you know, draw draw back pieces on people, but figurative ones, right? Like he'll, somebody will bring him a picture and instead of tracing that picture out and making a stencil of it, he just looks at it and then does it in marker on their back and it's incredible. But That's um, crazy. You know, what he did uh, that I thought was really impressive was he did a lot of sculpture and he was doing it out of like things that you wouldn't normally think to, to do sculpting out of. A lot of people do clay and stuff like that. You know, you're building the model using uh, wire and tin foil and then layering a plasticine skin on top of it, molding it, doing a lot of biomech stuff like that. What Terry did was he loved drawing dragons. He was into it, like medieval style dragons. And it helped get a better idea of how light behaves when it's wrapping around the body of a dragon and stuff like that. He's carving them out of styrofoam and putting these styrofoam pieces together and then you know putting them under a white light and then seeing how the light behaves around all that. And it just sticks with him so that when he goes to draw it or tattoo it or whatever it is that he's doing, he has all that information in his bag. So that's just a small example and one. And, and I have dozens of, of them, you know, from being around different people like that, not just Terry, where, you know, they're they're pushing the envelope for these other avenues of art and letting that help them, uh, you know, grow their tattooing and their style and kind of finding their own personal niche. Right. Like it's. It's difficult to do sometimes, you know, it's like playing guitar. There's only so many chords, you know, there's only so many chord progressions out there, but it's how we put them together that makes the biggest difference of all. That's, that becomes our own language and that becomes our own dialect um, that we That's can real. share with other people, you know, and I've, I've said this, you know, it's a, become a mantra of mine is that a, a rising tide lifts all of the boats, you know, and I, I, I should have that on my business card. I say it enough, but I feel like it, you, you know, when we share this knowledge and this information with each other, um, it makes us all better, you know? So I don't care if, if you're one year into tattooing or if you're an apprentice and haven't even touched a machine yet, uh, or, you know, you're a 30 year vet, um, there's something to be learned from all of those conversations. And while we have those conversations, sometimes it brings your own uh, dialogue down an avenue that you never expected it to. And that's mm -hmm. how, you know, we all learn while we teach and, and teach while we learn. That's very valuable. insightful yeah that very was a lot sorry <laughs> very long-winded but it's something i'm very passionate about is, is that continuing education it's so important absolutely absolutely yeah it's one of the reasons why i find myself constantly going back to some of these uh some of these events that i've been involved in for quite a while um, events like Paradise Gathering, uh, the Needle Jig Northeast Meetup, which happened last year, um, you know, and even certain conventions, I find myself gravitating backwards again and again, simply because I find myself learning so much while I'm there that, you know, for me, the, you, you know, even especially at a, at a convention, you know, even if I'm not you know, making a massive profit off of working at that show. To me, the value is really in what am I learning while I'm there? You know, and that knowledge that you accrue over time, 
is absolutely priceless and it just compounds itself over and over again, you know, so that you can go through and say, Oh, well, I picked up this trick at this show from this guy. And it really does wonders for, um, you know, uh, color blending, or I picked up this trick from this guy at this place or this seminar, and it's taken my black and gray work to another level. Um, you know, but it's, people working in different mediums, people seeking knowledge in different ways, you know, it all adds together over time and helps us with that knowledge base to really help us elevate each other to a whole new level. You know, watching, yeah. um, watching Tim B drop, you know, draw with markers is like mesmerizing, right? I mean, this guy can knock out some pen and ink stuff that's insanely detailed. Um, you know, watching people like Nick Baxter and Jake Meeks work in oils is, once again, absolutely mesmerizing. You know, and how they draw their parallels to what it is that they tattoo is just on a whole new level. You know, same thing could be said for Dave Tevinon, watching him work with markers. You know, I remember the first time I watched him work with markers and my mind was like, how are you doing this? You know, because I had never seen someone work with graphic markers in those ways or even working with paint pens in those ways. So for me, it was really inspiring just to see, you know, what can I learn from working in this medium? What can I learn from watching this guy? You know, maybe it's, the angle at which they're holding their machine. Maybe it's, um, you know, the amount of time that it takes to execute something, you know, in their way. Um, You know, it's amazing what you can pick up when you go to these events and you see a lot of these guys that, you know, maybe you really look up to like I do. Uh, Like talking with Gunnar the other day was really inspiring. Because Gunnar is someone that I really look up to, not just at a professional level, but on a personal level as well. You know, um, I was very fortunate to do the, uh, the Explorer conference a couple years ago. And Gunnar was one of the presenters at the Explorer conference. Well, what people didn't really know is that the night before he was supposed to present, and he was supposed to present at 8 a.m. The night before he presented, he was actually in a pretty bad car accident, Um, you know, but he still had the discipline and he still had the motivation to go through, show up to the presentation and still present what he said he was going to present even after that car accident, you know, so it's watching people like that to me is just inspirational because you see how dedicated they are to helping other people advance and get better, even if it's, you know, just a a mindset kind of seminar where it's like, okay, what's your mindset like? Where are you at with your mindset as far as what are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, helping people drill down into, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to get out of everything, you know, and then hearing, you know, what people are saying, like, oh, 
I just want to be a better tattooer. Yeah, we get it. We all want to be better tattooers. Even guys that have been doing it for 40 years want to be better tattooers. Um, you know, but like, what are your goals? You know, what are some of the goals that you set for yourself? Um, you know, do you want to get invitations to some of these exclusive conventions like the Austin Invitational, um, the Gods of Ink show out in Europe, Paris? I mean, these are all major conventions where it is the creme de la creme. Are you just trying to do it to gain more clients? You know, okay, well, if you're trying to gain more clients in your local area, if that's one of your goals, great. Focus on that. You know, are you trying to, you know, what, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Um, you know, but these are all questions that, you know, will be asked by certain people for certain, you know, during certain seminars. And to me, I, I like to ask myself those questions almost on a weekly basis. Like, what am I trying to accomplish? Because it helps keep me focused on what are my goals? What are my aspirations? And, you know, how am I going to get there? And the one thing I keep coming back to is, okay, well, if I want to do you know, X, Y, and Z, I need to learn more about that. So right now I'm actually reading different books on marketing, advertising, um, more business focused um, and monetary focused kind of content, you know, in my spare time, whenever I can, because I know that's something that I'm, I need to work on, you know, and that's something I want to become better at. You know, and it, it reminds me of a quote that um, uh, Michael Jordan, I, I believe it was Michael Jordan once said, he said, never be satisfied with where you are, right? Always work harder. There's always more that you can learn, always more that you can do, and always more that you can become. You just have to work harder, right? Put in more time, do an extra set at the gym. Um, Take an extra five minutes at the end of every day before you leave the studio and do a quick sketch, you know, working on something that you know you need to improve on. Um, hence the reason why I'm drawing a Japanese dragon. You know, getting dragon anatomy down is something that I have been trying to become more proficient at. Um, trying to understand angles, the way that parts move, flows of the body where different elements are and how those elements interact. You know, it's something that I've been trying to, like I said, become more proficient at. Um, anatomy in general has always been kind of a struggle for me, but that's a totally different topic. Uh, but, you know, it's something that I know I need to improve upon. So every chance I get, I find myself sketching a dragon head or maybe it's a claw or Maybe I'm working on, you know, how can I get, you know, different fingers aligned in different ways. And just to give people an idea, um, I've done several different arm positions, several different hand styles. Um, I've got different types of body templates, uh, you know, set up so that I can go through and say, okay, well, this one looks cool. And I kind of like this, but I think I can do this leg better, where I think this, the upper portion of this arm looks a little funky, 
or maybe I don't like the angle of this part. So rather than going through and erasing, I'm just creating new layers and I'm drawing more. There's other legs. Here's another arm. Um, here's a body style. Uh, here's different body layouts that I could utilize. You know, so it's just going through and working on it progressively every single day, little by little, and you start to pick up certain things. Um, you know, reaching out to people that know more than you about these topics and learning from them, you know, hey, dragon legs don't look like human legs. They actually rotate back a bit more, almost like a horse's leg or a camel's leg. Maybe you should look at that as far as your anatomy goes, as opposed to how do human legs bend? You know, how do those move? Oh, oh, well, dragon hands don't necessarily look like human hands. So now I need to look at things like bird feet, right? Because those are more, uh, more representational of like a dragon's hand. Um, you know, so it's reaching out to different people to gain this knowledge. And to me, one of the best places I've ever found to do that is that, you know, things like Paradise Gathering and uh, even just talking with people like you, Seth, getting ideas and getting opinions and getting critiques, you know, putting your work out there and getting feedback from it so that you can turn around and say, oh, that's a way that I've never looked at it before. You know? But seeking out that knowledge is imperative to advancing from where we are to what's next. You know, and yeah. to me, there's always a way to advance. There's always something we can improve upon. Yeah, you can. You, you don't want to become stagnant with anything, you know, like water that doesn't move just becomes disgusting and, and you know, and, and becomes a, you know, like rancid, you know, and you don't want your creativity to for that to happen with your creativity, you know, or, or your, you know, your, your knowledge. You got to keep that going um, and, and look for look for inspiration in, in as many different ways as you possibly can. Um, it's also important not to like chase the golden ring, right? Like don't, there's, I feel like sometimes some people get involved in, in tattooing. Like I, I got into it in the nineties, not because like I thought it was cool. I thought it was neat. You know, I got my first tattoo. I was into it, but I know I needed to do something art related for a living. You know, I, I thought maybe I, I could have been a, you know, maybe gone to school to be like a chef or like I maybe landscaping. I could be creative like that. But I really wanted to draw. And everybody has that same, you know, very similar story where they're like, these people from my generation, well, I want to work for Disney or I want to do some kind of animation or mm -hmm. Warner Brothers or right. something. Like that. And that's where I was with it. Um, but what what I found with tattooing was I was I, I realized, you know, this was a career that would allow me to be myself. Uh, I wouldn't be stuck inside a cubicle. Um, I would have deadlines to meet, but they were of my own own doing you know i i'm the one who's creating them for my clients i'm making the appointments i'm setting that stuff up um so it, it was a lot of you know self-accountability in there um and and learning self-discipline through that uh but i realized that tattooing was going to one of those rare things rare careers that would afford me the opportunity to pursue other types of artwork you know and and other avenues that I didn't just have to be a tattooer. I could also paint, I could sculpt, I could 
learn how to design clothes or sneakers or whatever it is that whatever it is that people are into. I know some people that are, you know, they're they're full time tattooers, um, but they really enjoy doing things outside, you know, cultivating, you know, ponds and there you are the koi pond thing and stuff like that or um, whatever it is, writing, you know, the, but tattooing afforded us the opportunity to pursue those things. So there was never any like never any chase you know, or th uh, thirst for notoriety outside of, I just wanted to be the guy that all of my peers would say, you know, if they heard somebody wanted a tattoo from somewhere uh, and they would say, oh, you should check this guy out. You know what I mean? Like that's, for me, that's it. Like there's no, there, there, there's no trophy, there's no contest, there's no, uh, you know, being included in a certain group of people that's going to be any more satisfying than just another fellow tattooer suggesting that somebody else get a tattoo from me, you know, or, or tattooing other tattooers. You know, that was because I felt like that was the moment where I was going to learn, learn the most or feel like I was contributing the most to a business that gave me a lot. You know, I mean, I, I, there's no, I couldn't afford to go to college. You know, I, I couldn't take out all those loans or anything like that. Um, but tattooing allowed me to take off time to, and, and be around circles of people that knew about seminars or like Jason, you're saying the paradise tattoo gathering and stuff like that, you know, uh, things that Gabe does where, you know, or this stuff that the guys done where it's like, they're putting this information out there to share. You know, they want everybody to get better and, you know, being able to take full advantage of that. There's no other business that's really like that. You know, if you're if you go to like a say you're a chef, right, you want to be a you know top notch chef. You want to you, you go to culinary school, you do all that. When you got a job at a restaurant, you can't just take off to go study, you know, with another artist for a certain amount of time. And you got to you got to put your work in in the kitchen. Well, we get to put our work in in the kitchen, so to speak while having the opportunity to further ourselves, you know, and, and further our education, you know, at the same time. And it's, I just, I, I find that it's very rare. I mean, I don't know, maybe being a musician traveling, like if you're in a successful band that you can, you're playing on tour with other people, you guys can sit in the green room and you learn guitar tricks from each other and stuff. Like there's very few things that I can think of that you can do what we do, you know? Um, and I think it's important for, the early uh, tattooers, what, what do they call it? Tatter tots? Yeah, and, uh, tatter tot. Yeah, and, and, and the experienced vet. I think it's important for all of us to continue to seek that out. You know, I mean, yeah, I've been doing this a long time, but I, in no way, shape, or form do I, you know, see myself giving up on wanting to learn more or get better. And there's a lot of people out there that get burned out, you know, from from all of the effort that they put into it. And I understand a job can burn you out, but the job burns you out, you take a break from it, that's fine. But don't allow yourself to get burned out from gaining knowledge because that's just a, that's, that's a sad, you know, waste of, of creative talent. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, it, it's funny, I reconnected with a very good friend of mine named Bob not too long ago. Um, I don't oh, know if Bob's watching Bob right I know. now. Um, I don't know. I actually, I don't think you know him. Um, is he a tattooer? Yeah, yeah. He's okay, not not no, Tyrell. No. Yeah, different. No, no, I was thinking of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a tattooer, but he he took some time off for 
I don't, I don't know, um, eight years or so, almost 10, and um, kind of went on a walkabout just wanted to explore the world and see what was going on. And, um, you know, he was feeling, feeling super burned out from doing tattoos. And, um, you know, I got a chance to reconnect with him not too long ago. And he's like, yeah, man, I just, I, I got bored with it, you know, and I just felt like I hit a peak and, you know, a plateau and, you know, there was no, it, it was hard for me to go through and, you know, feel like I still had more to learn. And I just remember talking to him a little bit about it. And uh, I was like, well, you know, what, what have you done to get out of that? And he's like, well, I, I went and I sought out more knowledge from different sources. And, you know, that's really kind of done the trick for me. Um, you know, he never stopped creating art, uh, just switched mediums for a little while. And seems like that's what did the trick. You know, he uh, started working with stone carvings and sculpture and, you know, that that really kind of did it for him. Um, and now he's back tattooing again, but he's got a whole fresh new perspective on it. And, um, you know, he's got a very different outlook on everything that he's doing. And I was really happy to hear that. So, you know, to me, gaining more knowledge from other sources. Um, you know, looking into different ways of being and trying out different things, all that's going to do is help you out in the long run. You know, maybe, maybe it's taking a seminar. You know, I, I enjoy taking seminars from people that know more than I do. Um, you know, I enjoy talking with people that have been doing thing, the same things I do for longer. Um, Captain Jonah from the YouTube says, hi. Hey, what's up? What's up? Uh, let's see. And I don't think we're streaming on the Facebook. So Hey, what's happening, Captain? So I, um, Jason recently did a, uh, uh, Goldberg, who I work for, has a, um, was just did a seminar on uh, social media. Um, and he did it, I think it was for his wife's place. She has like a, a hair salon, um, kind of like a high-end type of a situation. And they're looking to, they're looking to kind of like advance themselves and just kind of stay, stay with the change in times with all of that. Um, it was, uh, he said it was, it was really overwhelming and, and, and realized how underwhelming his efforts have been in that there's still a lot to learn out there. So I'm not even talking about art right now. Like you had brought up earlier, Jason, just learning to, to have a better social media presence. There are things that are happening right now that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm an old man when it comes to all this. I'm 43. I, I can't believe that there's all of these, like constantly just new, new ways to try and, you know, get your work out there. And it's not about ga gathering likes, but it's about, you know, your, your reach you know like if you can if you can have a larger net like cast a wider net with your artwork okay um i feel like you have you'll give yourself more of an opportunity to learn and to get better and you'll you know you'll be able to maybe say like in the, in the realm of tattooing get 
new clients that you weren't able to get before that maybe have some interesting ideas because I mean, I, I'd like to get your, your guys' perspective on this, but, you know, the opportunity to learn from a client. I mean, there's been a multitude of times where I have done a piece that, uh, you know, was super creative and I, I really was into the finished results and I'm very happy with it, but it never would have come about had I not met that client, had that conversation with them because it was ultimately, it was there their idea it was their inspiration you know it just got the ball rolling for me you know we're lucky that to have that you know i mentioned like music before like you know every now and again an artist will say well i was inspired by this other song or something like that you know but it's very difficult to to just sit there and just write you know or just sit there and draw and invent but if somebody's you know willing to pay you for your time or they're interested in in paying you eventually and making an appointment with you and they have this crazy idea. I don't know that that, that that idea would have ever been born in my own brain had it not been for the client. So I'd like to get your guys' perspective on, you know, learning from our clients in consultations and, and stuff like that. I do that all the time. That's one of my primary driving uh, ways that you know, someone will mention something as, you know, we're going through a consultation and they'll bring up like, oh, well, you know, I, I really kind of like this, but I, I kind of like this as well. Or maybe, maybe I'm looking for something that's more like, you know, in this kind of a realm. And it's like, oh, that's a different way of seeing things. It's a different way of looking at things. Let me see what I can do for you. Um, you know, and then going through and taking that and really going down the rabbit hole as far as, well, what constitutes, um, you know, something along these lines? A perfect example, I, I had a client recently reach out to me um, and they have, they're from Ukrainian descent, which is awesome. Um, and they wanted something that was very traditional to that kind of culture and so i said okay um let's talk about this some more because this isn't something i'm very familiar with and i started researching it and going down the rabbit hole of some of their textile patterns um and doing some homework into that and how each different pattern is representational of different families different lineages um kind of like in scotland with um some of their oh, the uh, tartans. yeah with the tartan patterns and how certain colors in certain places with certain widths represent certain things um you know and it was something that i had never even considered before you know before i started kind of looking into it so learning from your clients is one of the best things you can ever possibly do Take that, uh, even if it's something where, you know, maybe you hadn't ever thought about doing something along those lines. Well, guess what? You now have a client that wants something like that. You know, maybe it's time to explore that concept. Um, yeah, what better time? Exactly. You know, learn about it. I, I won't ever forget when I was first coming up in the tattoo industry, I had someone that came in and they booked an appointment and they wanted a lily flower. And I was like, oh, cool, lilies. I, I can draw one of those up. That's not a problem. So I sat down and I drew one up. Um, and they came in for their appointment on the day and time of their appointment. 
and I had this, you know, Lily, I had worked really, really hard on it. And I thought it was really well done. And I showed it to them and they were like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's a Lily, you know? And they were like, well, that's not the kind of Lily that I wanted. You know, I was looking for a Lily, like this kind of a Lily. And I was like, I didn't even know that that was part of like the lily species or family or whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, let me draw something up for you like that. And I drew it up on the spot and they were happy with it and everything was good. And I took some time that evening to go through and start looking into how many different variations there are of the lily flower that look yeah, totally different, completely yep. different. Yeah. And then you're learning in that opportunity during that uh, that moment in that dialogue that you're having with the client and that result where you had to kind of change it. You're able to look back. So it's a, a good example of learning something that has to do with our business that is not directly drawing related. It's communication, right? Like learning how to how to communicate with your clients so that you're both prepared for what needs to be done and then you going the extra mile to say you know what i'm going to do i'm going to do a little bit of research on my own i'm going to learn about these other flowers so that the next time this conversation comes up with a client i can then offer them well you know which type of lily would you like there's this one there's that one exactly. and then have an understanding of maybe variations in color so that you can have the conversation of well what's going to crash oh just lost them. Um, but you're right, you know, understanding different variations in color, understanding different petal structures and how they look very, very different. You know, next time I had someone come in, ask me for a lily, and I was confident enough to sit down and say, okay, cool. Do you know what kind of lily you wanted to get done? You know, boom, it was right there, no issues. Oh, you want this kind of a lily? Cool. Not a problem. Um, and I already knew like color schemes. I already knew like petal variations. Um, and I already had a good idea of how this could look in the area that they wanted. Um, you know, but I, I even took it a step further and I said, okay, lilies are cool and all. And I understand more about those now, but like, what about roses? right? Because there's lots of different types of roses. So let me go through and I'll learn about those. And so I learned about roses, then mums and chrysanthemums, and, um, you know, all different types of flower. I, be, I went down a whole flower rabbit hole for a while, uh, but I learned a lot of different things about different types of flowers and different species of flowers and how different species will look. You know, you can have a rose that has more rounded petals in one species, or uh, you can have a rose that has very sharp, jagged petals. That's a totally different type of species. Uh, you know, so understanding the different types that are out there of different things will give you a completely different perspective on the way that you go through and draw certain things. You know, and that would have never happened if I hadn't met that one client that didn't want that type of a lily, you know. So it's it's constant learning, constant knowledge, um, constantly growing uh, and expanding your mind and your skill set.
you know, I'm and I'm a huge advocate. And I just can't seem to get this dragon claw right. Yeah, I think that's one of the things about tattooing, really. This is just, just it's so you know interesting that it's just in, it's infinitely. Um, you, you can just explore things for the rest of your life. And, and Absolutely. You know, where someone will come in and they want something, you know, from a completely different realm that you've never even thought of. You know, like right. I had someone come in one day that wanted a traditional Native American Inuit sculpture tattoo. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Right. I didn't even know what that was. So, wow. You know, and it was like, oh, OK, now I know. Now I've expanded my knowledge. And I went down a rabbit hole with the whole Inuit culture. And then I started looking at how that can be reflective of South American cultures and how some of their art can really parallel each other. You know, so, I mean, there's you can re if you take the time and you, you really have the passion, you can dive down rabbit holes, you know, that will lead to other rabbit holes that will lead to other rabbit holes to the point where you then become some kind of a subject matter expert in something along those lines. You know, I actually had a coworker come to me the other day and ask me uh, what type of a Lily, um, uh, the picture that their client had sent was, you know, so that they could come up with different reference images and go out to a flower store and buy some of that kind of Lily so that they could photograph it and use their own reference images. Um, Great idea. Oh, I was, I'm I'm 100 about if you at 100% about if you have the opportunity to use your own unique ideas and references, do it. One of the best ways you can do that if you're like me and you like floral stuff, go out to a flower store and just ask them if you can photograph some of their flowers. You know, you would you would be surprised at how willing they are to do that. And you're breaking up. Uh, no, you're back. You're good now. Am I good? Yeah, you're good now. Okay. Sorry. It's uh, yeah. Just let me know. I'll make sure I cut myself out. Um, Oh, you're good. To do that again. Um, so the uh, I used to, you know, you get flowers for the shop. You have flowers around your house, pictures of them, or going to like a botanical garden. You get all types of like various types of flowers. Like that's a really good one. There's a place near where I work called Longwood Gardens, and I mean, they, I could spend three or four hours in that place just taking pictures of different trees and, you know. Uh, water displays and then different types of you know, unique flowers that you're only going to see in a spot like that without having to travel. Um, but if you don't have access to those things, buy silk flowers because then you can arrange them any way you want. You can use them any way you want. You go to like Michael's or something like that. They usually have like two aisles just filled, Joanne fabrics, like filled with, with fake flowers that look super realistic. And you're, you know, that way you can position them any way you want. They never die. You'll always have them. Um, it's something that's good to have around. I mean, I, I had, I think, three different skull models 
of my own, all types of like vases and stuff like that. And then one day I was like, oh shit, you know, why am I not using, I think I saw somebody doing it. And I was like, that's brilliant. Like, of course, silk flames. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. And the more realistic, the better. Um, yeah. Same thing sure. with skulls. You get someone that comes in that wants a skull tattooed. Yeah. You know, do yourself a favor. You don't have to buy a real one because real medical grade, like quality human skulls can be very, very expensive. Um, you know, sometimes it's some, oh, easy, man. Some of the ones I was looking at are 1500, you know, plus. Um, and these are for medical research. They're done in a very specific way where the lower mandible is articulated and everything can move around. Um, and they're in pristine condition, you know, but sometimes you got to go with the reproduction, you know, especially for cost effectiveness. Sometimes that's the best way to go. Um, but that's just kind of the way that certain things go. Yeah. So is there any type of, um, any type of, uh, written publication like like books that maybe let's like a couple that you would recommend that people have in their shops uh, albeit for early tattooing or, or people that have been around it for years um, that maybe there are like staples to have I, one that I would definitely recommend and I've mentioned it before on this is the um, Helen Van Wick uh, color mixing and welcome to my studio both of those are tremendous uh, assets as far as learning. Uh, so I've got uh, literally a laundry list of must-have books for a- absolutely every studio from beginner to doesn't matter if you've been you know, drawing and painting for 40 years. These are books that always come in handy that you can always go through and reference them and, you know, revisit the principles that they teach. Um, One of the, the primary ones that I always like to look back through is anything written by Bern Hogarth. Um, He wrote a book called dynamic light and shade. That to me is the number one must have book at every studio. Um, Yeah. That book is, it's legendary um dynamic light and shade is one um fabric and drapery uh fabric and drapery is another one there is hold on i've got some of them downloaded to uh my ipad i think you can buy the whole you can buy his whole set like his one collection it's i think it's like eight or nine books um let's see there's also uh color and light by james gurney that one is amazing um, because it breaks down everything into such a way that you can understand everything very very easily uh creative illustration by andrew loomis is a great one um anything by alphonse muka uh just just to like reference and look at and look at compositional elements yeah his uh jason his dover books are good that you know those paperback ones that are muka absolutely they're just filled yeah filled with just sketches it's not like completed artwork they're just all sketches there's an object on road ahead 
Um, let's see. As far as. Uh, and I like that these are all outside of tattooing. You know, we're just talking oh, yeah. about art, you know, because that's that's what's I, I think a big and a, the, the most important point here is, you know, don't we always tell our clients to try and think outside of the box with their their ideas, you know, when we're doing custom work for them. Um, you know, don't just look at pictures of other tattoos and, and try and figure it out from there. I think the same could be said for where we gain our knowledge to inform our tattoo. We just think outside of the box where you're getting this stuff. Absolutely. So another one that I highly recommend that I always absolutely 100% recommend, it's called The Art of Comic Book Inking by Gary Martin. That sounds amazing. If you enjoy doing stuff that has a lot of uh, line work in it um, and you really like to utilize the element of line in your artwork, no matter what it is, this is like a must have book um, because it goes through and it details the way that line can be utilized and line weight variation, line thickness, um, line direction and taper, how that can actually influence where your light source is coming from, it can influence and create a sense of perspective and depth. Oh, wow. um, it can go through and walk you through, okay, well, if I've got light source coming down from this direction, then I know that the line at the top is going to be a bit thinner. Line at the bottom is going to be a bit thicker because that's where the shadow area is going to be. And by utilizing that alone, you're creating that sense of light and depth. Um, you know, absolutely phenomenal book. Highly recommend you take a look at it. You got to text me. Text me that. Yeah, what's that name again? That's called The Art of Comic Book Inking. And I'll actually pull it up real quick. Yeah. Um, this is the cover of it. By Gary Martin. Cool. And I mean, this thing is absolutely phenomenal. Um. I mean, look at the table of contents, like line weights, contour lines, um, feathering, cross-hatching, facial shadow guide, um, backgrounds and how to use high contrast backgrounds, um, cartoon inking, textures, practical tips. Um, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Highly recommend you take a look at it. Uh, what was the other one? There was another one, uh, painting with light by John Alton. This one oh. is phenomenal okay. for going through and taking a look at how light can be used. And I'm trying to find one of their good examples. Uh, how light can be used that. to create a dynamic image. Hundred percent. It's good stuff. Minimal light, all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. So highly recommend Thanks that one as well. Um, I've got a ton of different, you know, books. Some are digital. Some are, um, you know, paperback. Color Theory for Tattooists by Ross Abbott is absolutely phenomenal as well. Um, he kind of breaks I have his down color wheel. I don't know that I have that book though. Yeah, yeah I think he was, 
I think he was giving away the book for free during uh, lockdown, but it's okay. just very basic. Nice. It doesn't dive into anything super, super crazy, but it goes yeah. through and it, you know, you look at monochromatic, analogous, complementary, split complementary, triadic, tetradic, um, you know, and how to use his color wheel effectively. So, you know, yeah. for people that are just starting out with color, highly recommend that because it makes everything very, very easy to understand. Yeah. Um, Mastering Realism by Mike DeVries is phenomenal as well. If you're really trying to get a better understanding of uh, realism sketching as far as light, value, composition, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I really like Christopher Hart's Cutting Edge Anatomy as That's far as... Yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, going through and showing you how to accent certain things. Um, where's my one? You know, he'll break down anatomy very, very simply, very plainly. Um, but he'll show you all of the right parts to focus on to get more dynamic anatomy, right? Like, um, perfect example how the shoulder moves and how your upper deltoid, you know, will move in conjunction with the rotation of the arm. Yeah. You know, absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm trying to be careful because I do have some uh, anatomy pose books in here, which may get us flagged. So uh, also anything by illustrated monthly is fantastic as far as um, just their referenced images. Um, the Art of Illustration by Henry Blackburn as well. Fantastic reading. Um, so I've got quite a few different art books in here. Um, you know, highly recommend a lot of them. Uh, Samurais, I've got, you know, Skulls. Nice. Roses. Um, so then bringing up the, the subject of, uh, you know, you just. Oh, looks like I lost everyone. That's no bueno. Hopefully they rejoin soon. Yep, there's Seth again. Awesome. Sorry about that. No worries. You're back. Uh, that's what matters. <laughs> the um, so you mentioned Japanese stuff, and there's, I mean, there's a plethora of books with that. You know, some one of my favorite. If anybody out there is into Japanese style art and learning more about that, um, the Ichiban books are amazing. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, he, he has one that is a, a, it's like a small gray book. Um, it's like the size of like a small ledger book. And um, they have gone through a tunnel here. Um, but the sketches in that book are incredible, um, very loose. And you can learn a lot just from checking them out. And um, Matthew Lambden has a couple of really good ones. Um, he, uh, he just 
I, I think you learn a lot, like certain sketchbooks. There's some sketchbooks that are out there that artists put out that I don't really learn much from. They're just more like, they're like stencil sheets, basically, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's some that like, they, they really put effort to put stuff out there that's like loosely drawn and, or, or you know, um, many different versions of certain things uh, that definitely help, um, you know, um, Andre Malcolm has his hundred dragons book is insane. Um, yeah, it's it's cool to find stuff like that, you know, more modern. But then you got to go all the way back too to things like the Hokusai books, and you know where they're just, you know, quick gestural ink drawings in there, and you can learn so much just from those, you know. One hundred percent. There's also one other book that I highly recommend um, as far as drawing flowers. Um, and it's definitely more along the lines of, um, you know, Japanese or Asian style drawing. Um, and that is Japanese Flora by Soren uh, Sangoko. I can't pronounce that last name correctly. Um, oh, it's fantastic. It actually breaks down different types of flowers that are used in Japanese motifs and breaks them down in such a way that you can understand where the petals are coming from, where the shapes are coming from, um, how the petal structures move and fluctuate. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend you check, take a look at it. Um, the Book of Dragons by Bill Canales is also fantastic. Oh, yeah. That one is one of my go-tos. Um, I actually had him sign uh, my copy of that, and it's it's one of my now a uh, treasured item. <laughs> it, it is. It's one of my um, w- one of my very very special. Um, collections of books um yeah i I mean i also have the the dragon hands book by philip blue uh and i have that one signed as well and that one is fantastic as well i hope the uh people out there and that are listening are writing these these things down because i i know i i'm going to go back and listen to to this and, and jot some of this stuff down uh, some of these books that you've you've mentioned, I would love to look into them. Um, you know, it's always good to find. I, I get excited about that stuff, and I think sometimes you know our libraries grow so quickly that we forget to take the time to kind of go back through them. Um, it's happened on, on multiple occasions where I'm working on a piece for a client, and no sooner do I finish that piece than I find a book that has reference for that particular type of subject matter that would have been helpful in doing something a little different, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's good sometimes to take, you know, if you have a slow, you know, a slow day or you have, you know, an hour or two in between clients to just, you know, get a stack of books that you already have at the shop, even if you've already looked through them a half a dozen times or more and just flip through them again and see what you find. And you, you never know, you know, what you're going to come across and um, or remind yourself of that, that you have availability or accessibility to, um, and you can use that stuff uh, for sure. 
I like some of using some books like uh, an artwork, you know, all books of completed art or just, you know, those advanced sketchbook type things um, and trying to take out, you know, extrapolate really small details from certain designs and using them for something else, right? Like a, a, a I, I don't know who made it, but it's a, a, a photo book uh, and it's all these different drawings of you know, back piece layouts, stuff like that, studies and, of, of his face and hands, backgrounds, and all of that. What's interesting is to be able to use something like that for, let's say, you know, a young lady comes in and she wants a small ornamental design um, for like the back of her neck and you're flipping through and all of a sudden you see a, one of Fudo's earrings or like the base of his sword is like drawn a certain way. And you're like, oh, that, you know, let's zoom in on that and just take that one piece out, this giant back piece, you know, this one seemingly innocuous part now becomes its own thing for, for somebody and it's unique and, you know, uh, so and that, they absolutely that, love it because they've never seen anything yeah. like it before. And... Right. And it just, it could have, we would have maybe seen it or drawn it before in other pieces, but never thought to just take that one little tiny piece out and use that, you know? Um, so that's what I was mentioning before about thinking outside of the box of where you're getting this information, you know, um, maybe you got a fancy deck of playing cards and somewhere on the back of that, that, that deck of cards, there's a really cool design that might work well for a flourish underneath of some writing that somebody's getting some lettering. Um, you know, they just just always be on the lookout, be aware, you know, and be ready that at any moment that muse can strike and you want to take advantage of it. Oh, uh, speaking of muse, the the war of art. I know we art all of heard war? of the art of the, no 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 the war of art is I. I I recommend I listened to that one last year, an audiobook version. Um, that it's a is quick a read. fantastic book. I just can't. It, uh, yeah. Oh, God, I can't speak how late on book. Can't speak how late on book. Um, yeah, it really kind of thought. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just had to kind of tap in. That's definitely one of the books that I read. But it, uh, it, it, it really just kind of speaks about going towards your fear uh, and, and that. Uh, you know, if, if something is difficult, there is a gem inside of inside of that gem, uh, and then you know, it, it, it's it's a war, goddammit, it's a war to get up and draw these things. It's it's work. Um, yeah, for sure. He references the um, the muse that we all that we find from time to time. He he references it as being an actual like tangible thing, but you have to work towards obtaining it, and then when it you know when you don't feel like drawing or you don't feel like doing anything you know have a sketchbook out just start a little bit um and, and you have to kind of call to it and i'm paraphrasing because it's been over a year since i listened to it but it it was i couldn't agree more henry it was fantastic uh the uh, the insight the the different comparisons that he would draw to real life um and he i think this guy was an advertiser um, so he was speaking from that point of view, but it was it really it's applicable to all creative things from, you know, from dancing and, and ballet and music to painting to advertising, you know, acting, anything like that. Um, it's it, it's really, really, really good. I wish I could remember the guy's name, 
Uh, but he's actually, he was on uh, Rogan's podcast about a year ago. That's what made me want to listen to it is uh, they were talking about, you know, these different forms of inspiration and, and how to always be ready and don't ever squander it. You know, if, if you feel it, if, if you feel something calling to you, that you need to take advantage of that, that moment. Um, because once it passes, you know, that, that particular muse is now gone. You gotta, you know, then you gotta work for the next one or be, be on the lookout for the next one. Yeah. I believe it was written by Stephen Pressfield. Yes. Yes. Stephen Pressfield. Yep. And he was, he was on uh, Rogan's podcast and it was fantastic there, but definitely any creative people out there listening right now, read that book, get the audio version of it, whatever you need to do. Um, you will not be disappointed uh, in, in the, the insight that it offers. I would also like to recommend uh, coming from a more philosophical point of view, um, the book of the five rings by Mayumoto Musashi. Um, absolutely fantastic to me it's right up there with the art of war by sun tzu um, oh yeah definitely worth the read um and it's very very profound the five rings book of five rings yes book of five rings all right so people that are out there that um like the art of war and they like the lessons that that kind of teaches well, absolutely love the Book of Five Rings. Um, the story behind Mayumoto Musashi is that he was the greatest swordsman that had ever lived in Japan. Um, absolutely never lost a battle ever. And, you know, he got to the point where he couldn't even go to the market without being challenged by someone trying to prove themselves. Yeah, I've heard about that guy. I didn't know that's who that was. And that there was a book that he, he write the book himself. He did. Um, oh, so he wrote it. He, he was tired of killing people and he was tired <laughs> of constantly being challenged and um, decided that he was going to go and live in a cave and basically wow. write his memoirs and what he learned in his life. And he did, and it's absolutely profound. Wow. So, highly recommend you take yeah, a look I would at love that, to one. Check that one. Nice. I have not read the art of uh, the art of war, uh, but I've I've definitely heard a few few quotes here and there, a few philosophies that have uh, stuck with me. Um, but again, it goes back to look, you know, we're, we're looking for inspiration from all over, you know, and Absolutely. Sometimes, you have to sometimes you have to cultivate it and you have to put effort into creating that inspiration. And at other moments, it can just strike, you know, you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you're just like, I have a vision of this thing that I want to create and you do it, you know, you, you take advantage of that time. Um, so we were talking about taking seminars and stuff earlier. Uh, I know I, I've said this before that I've taken classes with this guy. He's actually teaching one at a shop, a tattoo shop in New York uh, coming up in September. I think it's the, the, somewhere between the 19th and the 23rd, like in that weekend span, I believe. Um, 
but David Casson is doing a Bernini uh, drawing class there. Um, and he has stuff available online that you can, you know, you can purchase his stuff and watch it after the fact Like he does live streams, uh, does live, live teachings, but you know, it's all just the same thing that you're doing here, Jason, where you can, you can find it after the fact. And I think on his website, you can purchase it. He has like a big cartel thing, but he's doing a figure Bernie, uh, studying the, uh, the figure, um, through Bernini's eyes and then also doing portraits through Bernini's eyes and, and understanding how he, his approach to doing things like that. And I, I mean, Bernini's probably my favorite of all time. There's the Bernini book uh, that has sculptures and it. it's a black book. It's probably about 400 pages long or so. Um, and it has, it's almost his complete collection. Uh, I recommend that to anybody looking for source inspiration uh or reference material for yeah um but yeah that class is coming up in september i'd love to get up i think he still has some spots left yeah bernini is by far one of the most influential and one of my favorite sculptors ever um, I was very fortunate yeah. when I was in Italy to be able to go through and see some of his original sculptures. Um, oh, dude, I photographed them from every angle I possibly could have. Um, just not only for like reference images, but to try to understand like how he was able to depict soft fabric when you're carving it out of stone. Oh, yeah. Was he the one that did the, uh, the, yeah, the, the lady with the veil? Uh, that might have been someone else, but he may have done know. something like that. You know what I'm talking um, about, though? I know exactly which one you're talking about. How it, uh, like it almost looks like it's transparent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bernini, huh? I'm going to have to look this one up. Bernini is oh, yeah. by far one of the most incredible sculptors that has ever lived. One did uh, he live? Uh, Bernini was during the 1500s. Italian Renaissance. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Yeah, I think it was around the 1500s. Uh, he did a he lot did, of uh, uh, sculptures at the Vatican and yeah, St. Peter's like Basilica. I think he did the entire like inside of that place. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Does uh, Giorgio Vasari talk about him? Do you know? Hmm? Um. There's a book uh, by Giorgio Vasari. He wrote a he wrote a book called The Lives of the Artists, um, and it's just all about um, pretty much everybody important in the Renaissance, from Giotto to Titian. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was I mean, he, he spent like I mean, he lived in the 1500s, obviously, but he spent. He did a lot of research. I mean, he, he pretty much is the guy who termed the phrase art gallery. Oh, cool. And so is this the same Vasari that they have paints named after? They have oil paints. They have a Vasari line. Could be. Mm -hmm. And he was yeah. a painter as well. Amazing. All right. Yeah. I'd like to Jason, that's such a cool thing. List. You had the opportunity to go to Rome. Oh, man. So I went there twice, actually. Um and it is absolutely fantastic. And I'd love to go back one day. Uh, there's so much that you can see and do there um, with the right group of people. It's absolutely profound. Um, I, I mean, 
Well, I'm hitting a space here, man, where uh, I'm, I'm going to start losing you guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, in the drive. But this was, uh, this was a great conversation uh, today. And I will absolutely uh, go back and, and try and get some of these books. Henry, what was that last one called? The, art, the Life of the Artist? Yeah, uh, The Lives of the Artists. Mm-hmm. It's right. on Audible. I will check that out. Oh, perfect. Even better, man. Yeah. I, I take long drives all the time, so that's perfect. Um, oh, yeah. And then, Jason, text me the, the the name of that guy, the the drawing, line drawing, book, comic book line drawing. Will do. Uh, if you don't mind. Um, Not a problem. Guys, it was great. Yeah, it was great talking with you. I appreciate it. And uh, I will uh, look forward to hopefully talking to you guys next week. Sounds good awesome. to me, man. Take care. Drive safe. All right. Have a good one, Jason. All right. Thanks, bud. Bye. All right, man. Be good. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, to me, Bernini is right up there with Caravaggio as far as some of the most influential artists that have ever lived. That's fantastic. I'm gonna have to check out and check them out. Um, that was another book I wanted to add to the um to that. Uh it's it's a it's it's called uh Runaway Species. Okay. Um, and it's just uh, it's just about how creativity works, what it is, um, like like pretty much why we evolved to be creative beings. Um, and in it, it even gives you like a like a device to continue to be creative, like to continue to come up with new ideas, um, like when you're stuck, um, you know, just to come out with new ideas off the top of your head. Is, what was the, and, uh, and the name of it again the name of it is um it's runaway species i don't know what the subtitle of it is All right. i'm definitely going to look that one up yeah i'm not good with authors either um but no it's a very it, it I, I use the mechanisms that i learned in the book to this day it's really really interesting um something called bending, breaking, and blending. They said that it, it went from, you know, it's how they created the, it's from how they created the Mona Lisa to putting a man on the moon. Huh, fascinating. These concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm always interested in always trying to expand my knowledge base on any number of different subjects and topics, so. Uh-huh. Uh, today's discussion has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna run it back definitely. So I can, and uh, if anyone out books. there that's if anyone out there is still watching, drop a comment in the YouTube or wherever you might be watching from. Let us know your favorite books. Um, yeah. You know, to go through and check out, and you know, maybe it's a book that you read that you found extremely influential and helpful. Uh, maybe it has absolutely nothing to do with art or tattooing in any way, but it's always nice to have these. Um, it's always nice to be able to expand your mindset and look at different things from a different perspective. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I really understand <laughs> why they say reading is fundamental. It's, it's a, reading's been a game changer for me. Like when I discovered audiobooks, I was like, oh, Let's go. <laughs> I Absolutely, can work while man. I read. Oh goodness. Speaking of which, I still got four credits left on Audible I get to use. So I'm very happy with that. I know, right? 
Yeah. And then knowledge is knowledge builds. It does. Yeah. It does. And reading is critical. You know, they always say um, there are people out there and different, you know, success coaches and philosophers and stuff like that, that, uh, you know, some of them will turn around and say, oh, show me the people that you hang out with and I'll show you what your future looks like. Other people will turn that around and say, show me what you're reading and I'll show you what mm-hmm. your future looks like uh, oh, because they, they go hand in hand. Yeah, because it's like if you're reading, I mean, those are the people that you're hanging out with, to be honest with you. I mean, you could, I mean, you could, you could, I mean, if they wrote a book about it, you could pick their brain. And that's, that's astounding. I mean, that's a superpower if you think about it. Oh, absolutely. Well, and even yeah. being able to view the world in a different way or view it with a, uh, a different perspective or being open to seeing things with a different perspective can even be yeah, considered a superpower. Uh Because we live in a world, unfortunately, where people tend to get stuck in their ways with what it is they see and believe and, Uh um, you know, the things that they understand. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there that are willing to see things from a different perspective, Um, you know, that just get so stuck in their own mindset that another way of seeing or being or believing is just way outside of their wheelhouse that mm-hmm. you know it doesn't even compute like they're like well what do you mean this there's another way of seeing things like this is right or this is wrong and it's like well not always right absolutely absolutely but like the study of quantum physics right <laughs> you know quantum physics string theory um you know, uh, dimensional analysis, uh, when it comes down to, uh, particle physics, you know, there, there's all types of stuff out there that, you know, can it gets, it gets spooky. Oh, dude, it gets real deep <laughs> further down <laughs> that so. rabbit hole. You go, man, the, there is something there that is just beyond even my comprehension. And I can comprehend a lot of the advanced topics and stuff. But there are certain things, man, that I just can't even begin to wrap my mind around. Like quantum entanglement is, is that that's that's one of the that's one of the ones for me. I'm just like I'm just, I mean, it, it, it's just it's mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, how can things exist in two places at one time, right? Right. And I mean, uh, that's one of the basics basic philosophies behind entanglement is that there. There's one thing, but it, it exists at the, in the exact same time and two different places and two different uh, spaces, right? Um, but it's acting as one individual thing. Well, uh, like pretty much if you take a, if you take like a grapefruit and you take two grapefruits, you have one on Earth and you got one on Mars. If I take if I flip one, the other one will flip simultaneously. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, the idea of that is, I guess, it's that um, or the theory is such that everything is one thing. There's a seamless. Everything is one seamless whole. Well, that is one of the bases or bases of it, you know. But it's getting down to that kind of a scientific level that. You know, sometimes it takes someone with an open mind to see things in that kind of a way. That's how we came up with the concept of that to begin with. 
Right. You know, right. so. Better believe it, buddy. Yeah. And we are coming up on about half past the hour. Uh, I'm down to hang out a little bit longer if you wanted to. Um, if we have anyone go, out there. Man. Yeah. Uh, I think we're down. I think we only have two people watching, one including myself. Um, so maybe we will shut it down for now. Um, so in that case, oh, uh, Henry, why don't Keep you go through you. give us a quick sign off? Um, and I will set you up. Absolutely. Go ahead and give us a sign off and um, tell us where we can get a hold of you. Hey guys, my name is Tattoo Spirit. You can find me at Instagram, tattoosbyspirit.com. Uh, on the Instagram, it's tattoosbyspirit, TikTok, tattoosbyspirit. And uh, I appreciate you for doing the show, man. I learned a lot, like always. Yep, always happy to uh, help out and always happy to have you on, man. You always have great questions and great topics. So really, really appreciate that. For those of you out there that want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Instagram at Philly Inc. And I'm right up here. If you take a look, this is me. Feel free to go through, send me a DM on Instagram. Or if you don't have Instagram, my email should be listed there as well. Feel free to shoot me an email. Or you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com. Um, and just ask to speak to me and I'll get the email. Um, until then, and until next week, take care, everyone. I hope you guys keep your hands busy. Uh, keep those brushes moving. Keep those hands moving. Keep sketching. Keep drawing. And I will see everyone again next week for Skill Building Sunday, episode 122. So take care. Be safe. I'll see you guys next week. Cheers.